Hello, my name is Grace Valentine, and welcome back to another edition of I'm Tired. I'm your host, Grace Valentine. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, podcast hoster, but most importantly, I'm a friend. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited about the guest because we have someone who I've known, even if we weren't really friends for a while now, um, but he has a story that just shows a lot of God's strength and his own strength that he gets from Christ Lord. But also, he's just a University of Tennessee college boy, um, and it's really cool to see his story and what God has done through him. So, Will, say hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Will, so you are at University of Tennessee, correct? Yes, I am. And how has college been overall, would you say? I It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed my classes. I'm uh, in a fraternity here. Oh, uh, what fraternity? Oh, BYX? That's the Christian one, right? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. And... I remember, yeah. and we know each other through camp, uh, Ridgecrest Crestridge, and there's a lot of people from Tennessee, though, who go to Ridgecrest Crestridge, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, so many. Yeah, no, I bet. Um, but I remember when I was a camper, I think I was a Cherokee, which I was like an oldest high school camper, and I think you were, were you 12 when the, the incident happened? Or how old were you? Yeah, um, I was 12. I was going into set, uh seventh grade yes seventh grade and uh yeah 2012 yes yeah and will you kind of explain a little bit about your story to those like who may not know um what you've been through sure um so I was 12 obviously um (laughs) I (laughs) um it was just like a normal uh year normal day uh and we just had breakfast, and uh, we were going to morning devotions, and then during one of the songs, I couldn't really talk anymore, and I started started kind of freaking out, um, but I couldn't talk, so uh, I was trying to get someone's attention, but then uh, I couldn't like feel my arms. Uh, then I fell back into someone's lap Mm. and I blacked out and like regained consciousness, uh, a couple times. I like blacked out, I woke up a couple times, but then I, uh, I went to the hospital, uh, realized a AVM, which is, uh, a little pocket of like blood um, had gotten into my brain and had ruptured and my brain was swelling and they had to do immediate brain surgery um, and I was in a coma for about a month and uh, that that was pretty scary. Um, and when I woke up, I, I was completely paralyzed, uh, but slowly regained the functions of my left side, but my right side was completely paralyzed. I, I, uh, was like very scared, um, didn't, didn't really know what was happening and, uh, basically, 
they said I had to relearn to walk, talk, and basically relearn how to live my life again. Mm. Dang. And to think like that moment when you knew how to talk to and you weren't able to verbalize words, uh, Mm -hmm. like what was the time frame you had between that and when you actually passed out? Do you remember at all? It it was around uh, the first time I passed out. It was around five minutes. Uh, it I was singing uh, a song like a funny camp song, and I just realized that like I wasn't saying words anymore. And then I like I tried. I tried yelling. I I tried mm. to get someone's attention, but I, I physically could not m- make words leave my mouth. Mm. That's so crazy for me to even like wrap my mind around that I feel like a lot of people, the idea of feeling so trapped. And then waking up, this, like during the coma, obviously you don't have any recollection of that month. Uh, but when you woke uh, up... Actually, I do. Oh, you do? Oh, so you remember the whole thing? Uh, Yeah, it's... It's kind of crazy um, since it was not a medically induced coma. They didn't give me drugs to help me sleep. Uh, my body kind of just shut down. So I would open my eyes or like be awake, but be totally unresponsive. So I like I remember days in the coma of like just staring at a wall or uh. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That must be – and what was going through your mind during those days when, like, your eyes are open but you can't physically move your body? And everyone around you probably is confused, too, if you can hear them, if you're alert, right? Yeah. Yeah, so everything – like, everyone thought I was just kind of a shell. Like, I I could open my eyes. I could blink. Like, not, not – like – physically like I mean like on command on command but like I would open my eyes and but like everyone would think that oh he's still in the coma which I was um but they didn't really know that I was retaining all this information um but my parents did a great job about just uh treating me like I was awake like we had uh like friends visit me uh talk to me we had uh a camp girl sing to me uh if you know her Ellie Gill oh Uh, yes I knew Ellie Gill that's so sweet yeah yeah um yeah she she has a wonderful voice and she uh while I was still in uh Asheville, she uh, sang to me, and my parents did a great job of, like, just keeping me, like, not treating me like I was the worst-case scenario, which I kind of was, but... And they didn't know, They and they didn't know, too, at this time, correct, that they're bringing your friends in, people are talking and singing to you, they weren't sure... Because they thought you were a shell, correct? Like, they weren't sure if you were able uh, to hear it. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah, totally. That's um, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for me, being unresponsive, but being like kind of alert in my brain, uh, for the first couple of like days, uh, first week, I like, I kind of was having like panic attacks, like, and realizing this could be the rest of my life. Mm. I, I could never say a word to my parents again or, like, never be able to move again. Uh, and no one will know that, like, I'm in my body, like, mm. thinking these things. Mm. So when you woke up from the coma um, and you began to relearn everything like what was your first initial thought like were you just thankful that you woke up or at the same time were you very just like discouraged that you're gonna have to relearn Um, how to do everything so it it's kind of weird in a way um like I I told you your uh my parents treated me like I was awake um and uh, and I had gotten used to just kind of thinking to myself, uh, like thoughts, not really, re- uh, re- realizing that, uh, that one day I would wake up. Mm. Um, but w- one day, uh, my dad would read to me every day, um, in a little like sunroom in Vanderbilt Hospital, and uh, he would read to me like uh, books, like my favorite books. I I was obsessed with like the Garfield comics, so he Aww. would read those. Uh, and one day, uh, my whole family was in the sunroom, and he was reading something. I I believe it was Garfield. And I had read that comic, like, recently, but before the accident, and I just started laughing. And I I didn't realize I was laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, my whole family stopped, and they, uh, like, started whispering. Then my mom came up to me and said, like, Will do you know what's going to happen in, in the reading? And I shook my head. Like, I nodded. And they, like, they started crying. They, like, they started to get, like, doctors. And I, I didn't realize, like, it was so significant that I laughed out loud. I thought, like, I was laughing in my head. Mm. Um, and that, like, my my family likes to uh, talk about, like, like he uh, woke up laughing and he hasn't, uh, like, stopped laughing <laughs> since. Oh, um, to Garfield. Garfield is the, <laughs> the one yeah. <laughs> to that. Yeah. So has um, any of this, like, affected your life today? Because uh, I know, like, you had to relearn how to talk, especially, too. Yeah. 
and like even like to like walk and stuff like that. Do you have any side effects from this happening when you were twelve and now you're nineteen, twenty? Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> yeah. It it changed my whole life, uh, dramatically. Um. So, like I said, I was paralyzed. Uh, like my whole right side was paralyzed and I like I had to relearn uh, how to walk and like everything on my right side is a little less like less sensitivity less feeling uh, a little less strong Um, and so I've had to like alter my lifestyle completely for uh for about three four years I was doing therapy uh physical therapy uh OT uh PT speech therapy uh every every day or like every other day and uh just to get my like my function back and um, I didn't have to, uh, like, be held back from my grade, like, I, I stayed on track, even though I was a little behind, I, I had a scribe, because I was right-handed when the accident happened, and I had to relearn everything, like, how to write fast, and, uh, dick, like, um, write notes while the teacher is presenting and comprehend how to do everything again. So, yeah, I would say it, the stroke has changed my life completely. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. And just, the strength that you had to like continually trust God when it was all coming back to you, like, was it hard for you to trust God, especially when you didn't know what your future held, like what you would get back or how much you would be able Mm -hmm. to do in the future? Totally. Um, for about two years, uh, and probably more than that, I, I didn't, (laughs) I had, no idea what was in store for me if this would like my right side come would come back mm-hmm. or if I'm working in therapy so hard for nothing um, and a lot of times a lot a lot of days I just felt uh, like I I was without a purpose mm-hmm. Um with like working really hard in therapy and not really seeing improvement and um and I didn't really know what God had planned for me mm-hmm. um and I I was just really so, so mad at God for uh giving me now I can say this giving me this gift um because I like so much good has come out of it rather than bad, but 
back then, it did not feel like a gift. Mm. Uh, it felt like a curse. Um, I didn't know why it happened to me. Um, and I just wanted God to, uh, like, take it back. Mm. And I, I never... I was mad at God. I never stopped believing in God because uh, that was never like an option for me because I knew he had saved me through the stroke because I sh- <laughs> honestly, I should have died at camp. Um, uh, my like my brain function was uh, very, very small to none. Uh, I had lost uh, the ability to breathe, um, and yeah, it. I should have died, but God saved me. But I, for a long time, I didn't know why. Are you still close with those camp counselors who were there for you that day? <laughs> um. Yes and no. So I, I am close with the people that uh helped me but the camp counselors that year i still don't know their names oh my gosh (laughs) it's like i like they they were both newbies uh new to camp ridgecrest and for some reason they didn't come back i don't know why yeah, probably was like, did you scare them off? <laughs> They're like, I was yeah. not expecting this when they showed me what I'd be doing this summer. Is this impacting lives? That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but still, yeah, I I feel like, and I know Ridgecrest is where you got baptized, right? Yes, ma'am. And so I bet it was so cool. Like, I mean, all those times, and yeah, you said it was hard to trust God, but you did. And most people can't even trust God when, like, a boy breaks their heart, you know? And so it's <laughs> yeah. wild for me to think that you're in this coma and you're leaning onto God's strength and you're trusting him. And how cool is it is that that's the same place that you profess Christ and were baptized, uh, the same place where, yeah. like, the worst happened to you. But whenever you were in the coma, was there any, like, thing, like, a piece of advice that someone who came to spoke to you that you held on to or any scripture that you remember um in my coma i i just uh i just remember people just saying to me like you're coming back um and i i've held on to that um but the piece of advice that like has stuck with me throughout uh, throughout my whole journey when I first woke up to like right now uh, people constantly like my parents uh, my mentors uh, <laughs> people that like I don't really know uh, like preachers they all say, just to show up Mm. and that's kind of been my life motto um show up for everything you do Mm. uh like show up for therapy even if you don't want to show up to school even if you uh you hate it Mm. if you uh feel like you're not getting anywhere show up in everything you do give 100 percent 
of your effort because Jesus showed up for you. Mm, no, that's and that's good because it's for you. You had to actually hold on to that, especially with therapy when you said you weren't seeing the signs that you wanted or you your right side was still mm-hmm. paralyzed. Uh, it's just crazy to think that you had to literally show up daily, even if there weren't the results you wanted for, but just trust that like something was growing through that process. Um, even if it was your faith and I, I respect the heck out of you for that. Um, (laughs) if you could go back and tell yourself something in the hospital, like what would it be? Um, (laughs) that I like, I wouldn't worry about like my parents and like how mm-hmm. to pay their like how they're going to pay hospital bills and like and uh do all that and i i would probably say to like just give it all to god mm-hmm. uh like you can't control like everything you can't really control anything mm. um and yeah if if you give it to god uh and don't get in your own way uh yeah because i i would constantly try to put it on myself to get better and that was just not the way mm. And I always say that control and trust, they can't reside in your heart at the same time. And that's something that I've learned lately. Mm-hmm. The idea that if we're going to trust God with all our heart and all our mind and all our strength, then we can't let control uh, like reside in our heart. And I'm an Enneagram. Have you taken the Enneagram well? <laughs> uh, someone took it for me. Who are you? Okay, what are you? Or what did it say? What do people think? Uh, I don't know the number, but. Oh, you don't know it. The helper. Oh, two. Okay. I, I'm obsessed. Okay. I'm like one of those Christian girls obsessed with it. But for me, I'm a three. And so, and twos are close to three and I'm a wing too. So it's funny because that's very controlling. So I look at someone in your situation and that, I don't, I don't think I would be made for that. And I think God knows that. And that's why I think someone like you who has the strength and this faith that's so strong is able to come out of this so much better and inspire, pe- inspire people through it. Um, and even though like you've had this crazy scare in this, crazy life, especially when you were in your teenage years. You're still now, you're a 20-something year old. How old are you again, Will? Are you 20? Uh, I'm 20. You're 20. Okay. And you're in college. And even now, I bet you get a test where you get scared of. And I bet now it seems like nothing compared to like being in a coma. But how is that in this situation made, like what makes today it hard to trust in God, like what today makes it hard for you to release control, even though it's not like your own life that's at stake? Um, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you, I like, I've stopped comparing (laughs) my life with, uh, like what I've been through because yes, it's important, but like it's in the past. Mm. Um, and you you can grow f- from it, uh, but you can't dwell on it. Mm. Um, and uh, probably the the thing that uh, I don't really give up enough trust uh, 
is probably my my future my like my future career uh like what I'm what am I going to do after college what what am I going to do out of major in in college uh and I've based it off of like money happiness uh like well to do uh and it it just overloads me with anxiety mm-hmm. um and i i'm trying to uh give it up to the lord but right now it's hard uh because i'm currently in it and yeah. i i want to control it yeah and that's something so many college students face, and even post college. I'm I'm like two years, I guess two years. Uh, May 2018 was when I graduated, but I still am even like, is is this what I'm doing for the rest of my life? Like, am I it? Like, is this it? Is this the peak? And so, I just think that's such a normal problem to have. And going back to like what you said about not dwelling in the past, I think so often we either we're looking to the back, like behind us, like what God did then, or we're looking to the left or right. And what God's doing in someone else's life, like their major, what they're going through. But instead, we need to be just focusing forward at our present blessings. And the more we look behind us or to the left and right, we're not going to be able to look forward at Christ and see what he's doing in our lives now. And so what truth do you hold on to now on those days that you struggle with anxiety about your future? Is it the same truth that you talked about earlier or is there something else that gives you hope too? Um, it's kind of uh, like relying on God uh like he has gotten me through everything else Mm. and he can get uh can get me through this current time but also uh kind of seeing the hope in other people's lives um like there's there's people getting saved every day Mm. Uh, there's there's uh, little kids that like are going to camp and uh, hearing about Christ for the first time, mm. and uh, he is controlling all of that. And uh, whatever he has for me, uh, he will do for the glory of his kingdom and for him, and not for me. Mm. Um, and I like I hold on to that, and if and the group of people around me gives me hope. Also, if you don't really have a group of people, whether it be your family or a group of friends or just someone, some group that you can trust to be, like, vulnerable with you and, uh, like, rely on uh, God with you, mm. that, that gives me hope because when I'm struggling in my faith or uh, I know these group of guys and girls and my parents and all of these people will point me back to Christ and if you don't really have that if you are uh, choosing the path of like uh, like 
things of the flesh or parties or drinking or stuff uh, that's very surface level. They, like, I'm sure your friends care about you, but, like, ask yourself, can, will they be there if mm. I break down? Mm. That's good because I think so many times you hear girls talk about the need for girls to have vulnerability or honest conversations with the people around us. And we make that to be such a girl thing. Um, but that's just a human thing that we all need people that we can lean on. Uh, yeah. cause we are sinful people, like you said, but this life and go back to what you said is about bringing glory to God. And the best thing to bring glory to God is when we are this body of many parts, like scripture says that works together to bring him glory. But it's humbling because whenever you have to have a relationship with someone, you have to have vulnerability. You have to open up. You have to be honest in order to feel like, known and loved. And so that's the scary part, especially for guys who have this hard exterior and have a society that tells them that they have to always appear successful or like to focus on like finances or to feel manly and not like someone who opens up about the hard thing. So I think it's really admirable of you as a college guy who knows like, hey, yeah, we all need people around us who love us and appreciate us and also know God and celebrate that. Yeah, and uh, what one thing that I've held on to is uh, when I got baptized, uh, I Phil Barry, the director of Camperage Trust, um, after I was in the water, he says, "We like we now know that you're all in, and you." you can't really do this alone. Mm. So look around you. You need a community around you that will push you, um, will push you and help you strive uh, to glorify God and uh, strive to be more like God. Mm. No, that's good. That's wise. And I love that he says, like, you're all in, but you need people. Because, and that's, I guess that's even hard for me to hear because sometimes I just, like like most college kids or post-college, we create these walls and they don't allow people to really know us. But like you said, like, when you break down, like, who's going to be there? And that's the scary part. Okay. Well, I end each one of these podcasts with this question. And then I'll give you mm -hmm. a chance to share, too, like, if there's anything, like, that like where to follow you on Instagram and stuff like that. But I want to end with this question <laughs> first uh, before we do all the, the flexing on our social media, but what is giving yeah. you life these days? And that can be something like you being a houseboy for the sorority house, or it could be something <laughs> like God's grace, whatever it is, but what is giving you life these days? What makes you excited and eager to wake up? Um, let's see. Uh, the houseboy uh, gig is so. What does awesome. a houseboy do? So yeah, everyone. Will told me earlier that he's a houseboy for Chi Omega University in Tennessee. So shout out to every Chi Omega. <laughs> but what do you do as a houseboy? Um. So basically, I wash dishes and do food prep for their meals. So you're a salt and <laughs> for them. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's basically how I got the job. Uh, I said I have the experience um, at a camp, and they 
uh, put me in for a test day, then they hired me. But a yeah. test day that so must have been scary. You must have been on the test day, like really washing them hard because you wanted the job, yeah. <laughs> like working so yeah. hard. Um, so yeah, it is an awesome gig. Uh, my my crew is so loving, um, and I like I get paid, which is awesome awesome but i also get uh free food whenever i need it that's so nice sorority house so i don't have a a meal plan currently at college um i'm relying on free food (laughs) oh my gosh that's so nice my at baylor they didn't have like houses or anything so like no one really did the dining hall plans. I'm pretty sure I did the year after freshman year, which was, like, really strange to do, me and my friend Britta, because I was like, it's – college, you're so busy. You barely have time to cook. So you got it yeah. good, though, because sorority food house meals I hear are, like, the best, and they're, like, usually kind of healthy too, right? Is that true for y'all? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So you can yeah. stay lean and fit and everything. But, okay, well, where can people find you? Is there any – like, do you have a website? Do you have an Instagram handle? I know you do, but <laughs> – uh, tell everyone. Yeah. Um, it's Will. I mean, not Will. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Instagram is uh, at w dot Neesmith N E S M I T H one two three. That's just you can follow me, talk to me, uh, DM me, send me funny gifts. Garfield uh, comics. Send them to him. Yes. He'll laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, I I have a Twitter, but I forget to use it all the time. Well, Twitter's the best. On, I haven't been on Twitter since I think the beginning of the school summer or school year. I always say Twitter is my favorite social media. It's because if you have Twitter, you get to see memes before they're on like Instagram and. It's like where all the funny people are on Twitter. And so I, I enjoy Twitter. You need to get back on it. I'll, I, yeah. I don't think I even follow you, Will. So I'll have to do that after this, at least on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, some great content of me not doing anything on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, going back to the question you asked before, uh, probably the people around me giving me life. Uh, because without these people, I wouldn't be where I am. Aww. Are, like your friends at college or who's yeah, your, who's like, your people? Give them a shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have so many, uh, people that I love with all my heart, Aww. um, that like, live in UT Knoxville that live in Georgia that live in Alabama that live in DC uh that live in Florida me I'm joking (laughs) yeah uh Florida Florida that's where I'm originally from uh and a lot of love to Florida um but yeah just the people around me that I've gotten gotten to know through gotten to know through BYX and uh just college they uh they inspire me every day and uh all 
all my best friends that uh, I've gotten to know through Ridgecrest and Crustridge. Mm. Um, I love y'all with all my heart. Uh, y'all have made me into the uh, the man I am today. But yeah. No, that's beautiful. And what do you think makes I this is this is I keep saying this is my final question, but I never end. But <laughs> what okay. do you think makes those people your people? Like give me one characteristic about them. And this is not on anything I sent you, so it's okay. Okay. Um I would just say really the common bond of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um we uh all all uh, the people love God and love me like God needs me to be loved. Mm. Um, and I like I I pray for them. I I uh, I thank God for putting them in my life, uh, and, yeah, I've, I've definitely been blessed with some amazing godly friends that will always push me Mm -hmm. to Christ, um, and also, um, you can never forget, I am super, super goofy, and all my friends have a teeny bit or a huge bit of goofy in them whether <laughs> they whether they admit it or not they're <laughs> all kind of weird um funny and, friends are the best i agree with that 100 yeah. percent. and they can just goof around with me being be goons uh be <laughs> some awesomely weird people uh and yeah that's awesome well thank you so much will for coming on it has been such an honor to hear your story but also to just hear like what god's doing in your life now i know he's done so much in your past but he's doing so much currently and i know you're gonna do big things and everyone message will and tell him he needs to write a book so dm him after this because i want will to write a book one day but that's just me being selfish because i want to read it but so thank you will for coming on Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad y'all got to hear from Will and the Wisdom. I would shoot him a message if you felt encouraged today. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at the Grace Valentine. And I have some fun speaking gigs coming up. So if you're at one of these college campuses, let me know. I'll be speaking on Wednesday, September 25th at FSU at the Fine U House for college boys and college girls, especially those in the sorority and Greek life um, and fraternity life. And so that'll be at 8 p.m. that Wednesday. I'll also be at Clemson FCA October 3rd. And then I'll be at Auburn speaking at one of the houses October 20-something. But follow me on Instagram and you'll get a more accurate date. But that's at the Grace Valentine on Instagram. But yeah, it's been great having you. And so y'all enjoy your day and find life and energy wherever you are.